Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. All right, come with me in your Bibles. Come with me in your Bibles. Let's go to Romans 16, verse 20. Romans 16, verse 20. The title of my message tonight is Armor Up. I had no idea that uh, Pastor Mike was going to be getting Marco up on the platform and uh, highlighting uh, the, the battle that's in front of us. And there really is a battle. And I want to kind of explain why there's a battle. One of the things you will discover uh, around here is that, that uh, because I got saved on a beach in an atheist home, I, 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 I didn't grow up with a religious disposition to believing that because God is sovereign, everything that happens is God's will and anything else is just case, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. That prayer is incidental, prayer is ineffective. I mean, look, it's probably better than playing the poker machines, it's prayer, but if you think that you, as a depraved human being, can move the hand of God, you really, and that's kind of the teaching of Calvinism. So I didn't grow up with that. So I actually believe that God responds to prayer. Actually, I actually uh, ascribe to John Wesley's theology who says God does nothing except in response to prayer. When I was in Bible college, um, beautiful Pastor Rudy, when I was in Bible college, they taught me that every single revival, every single renewal, every single move of God was preceded by prayer. Every move of God was preceded by prayer. Prayer is the number one common denominator. And so I believe that because that's what your Bible lecture has told you. But actually, do you know what I actually found? I actually found that there was something else that was the common denominator. It was society's utter debauchery and degradation. It was a society that was in that had turned its back on God, that was living lives of wickedness and immorality and destruction, wanting to pass laws to slaughter the babies after they're born, not just, not just once they're born, wanting to, to allow sexual predators to have access to our children. Much exactly what's happening today was going on. And then finally the church woke up and began to pray. Finally, the church woke up and began to pray. I think we're in the beginning of a great awakening because of just how jacked up it is out there. The sad, one of the saddest scriptures, and it's a prophetic scripture, it says that, that while men slept, an enemy came and sowed tares amongst the wheat. While we were asleep, the enemy came in and sowed stuff into our education system, sowed stuff into our judicial system, into our legal system, so, you know, sowed, sowed, put leaders into different positions in mayor and superintendent and school boards, but the church is waking up. And it's very interesting that in 2020, we changed our name to Awaken just out of obedience, not realizing that is now our mission, our assignment. So Romans 16, verse 20, have we got it? Is it behind me? Romans 16, verse 20 says that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under our feet. Isn't that awesome? 
The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. I want you to know that it says that, that he will crush, soon crush Satan under your feet, which means that uh, we, we've got to get out and take territory. Because the Bible says, every place the sole of your foot shall tread. I want you to notice it doesn't say God will soon crush Satan under your cushion. God will soon crush Satan under your sofa. It says under your feet. The church is always meant to be advancing. The church is always meant to be moving forward. In Isaiah 48.22, Isaiah 48.22, excuse me, it says, there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. There is no peace for the wicked. So the title of my message tonight is, is Armor Up. First point is this, that evil cannot coexist peacefully. The Bible says, we just read it, that evil has no peace. That the wicked has no peace. Uh, uh, just this last week, we, we, we were away with uh, Pastor John Heinrichs and Becky Heinrichs, and we we're in Cabo. And I can understand Pastor Mike Yeager. <clears throat> I can understand his pain because I was feeling pretty good about myself until I was in the swimming pool next to <laughs> Pastor John Heinrichs, who has zero body fat. But if I was really, if I was really honest, um, because I've, I had been uh, like exercising, dieting, I've been doing a whole bunch of stuff, trying to get in shape, knowing that I was going to Cabo San Lucas and I wouldn't be wearing a shirt. Um, you know, I've been doing my best. And somebody gave me the most beautiful comment. They came up and they said, Hola, Senor, are you, is Pastor Jan, is he, he eat your brother? You look like his fat brother. They didn't say that, but I, was, I just thought it makes a funny story. I said, I said to Leanne, you know, right now I'd just be happy. It'd be a compliment if someone said, I look like John, but like his fat brother. <laughs> I don't know how I got onto that. But anyway, um, oh yeah. So, so we're down in, in Car Cabo is stunning. We, we, did, we did a dinner where um, it, was, it was a seven course trip through Mexico. And they had tradition, traditional dishes. They, one, of the, one of those courses was flowers from outside of Mexico City, Puebla. There was these, these flowers and they were, they were kind of roasted and cooked and with a, with, a, um, uh, with a beautiful mole. And I'm telling you, I haven't tasted anything like it. And each one was paired with a wine. It was only, uh, only Mexican wine. And, uh, and I thought, my God, Mexico is beautiful. If, 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 if the planes decided they weren't flying anymore, I could live here. And then I began to think, Mexico is beautiful. And this is after God destroyed the world with the flood. Imagine how beautiful it was before God destroyed the world with a flood. And then I began to think, the devil is a snarky son of a motherless goat. Because... If you look at the world, there was a tiny little, tiny little garden called the Garden of Eden. You would think the devil would just be happy, just, just let me live in Mexico. Or, or this year we're in you know, Sorrento, in, in Capri, in, in Italy. 
just let me live there. But no, 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 no. He's, he's got to slither his way into God's paradise, into God's garden, because evil doesn't want to coexist peacefully. When you see the coexist bumper sticker, understand it's the devil trying to hypnotize a generation, trying to deceive a generation. Evil has no intention to coexist. Satan had to. He had to be in the garden. He had to be sowing distrust. He had to be sowing division between God and his son and daughter, Adam and Eve. He, 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 he couldn't live on Capri. He couldn't live in Positano. He couldn't live in... In, in Cabo San Lucas. He couldn't live in some of the most beautiful parts of the world. No, no, no. He has to be there in the Garden of Eden sowing division. Not only does he sow division, but everywhere he turns up, he defiles. He defiles the human heart. Right now, he's in our education system trying to defile the education system. He's, he's, he's already succeeding in a lot of to defile marriage, to defile family, to defile the sanctity of the womb. I mean, you think about the womb. Is, is there a more perfect protective place where a seed and an egg fertilize and and this little life grows in this beautiful sack this amniotic fluid around it and, and formed on the inward part protected by by the mother and yet somehow the defiler has got in there you need to understand Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem Jerusalem was known as the holy city yet Jesus's commentary on Jerusalem he says Jerusalem Jerusalem you who stone the prophets and kill those who are sent to you is it even possible that a prophet should die outside of Jerusalem in other words he's saying you have become so defiled and corrupted. Washington, D.C. is a swamp. Wherever you see human government that rejects God, you will find perversion, inversion, defilement, and contamination. So what's the answer? The answer is the blood of Jesus. The answer is the Word of God. The answer is God's church. Can I just tell you, the, the city of Chula Vista will not clean up itself. San Diego will not clean up itself. California will not clean up itself. God put the church into the earth to be the instruments of his cleansing, his renewing, his delivering, his transforming. It is the church. So we need to rise up. Can somebody say amen? So evil is never at peace. There are a lot of people that, that, that have bought into the lie that, that you know, where you can just coexist. What I've discovered in 32 years of ministry is you can't medicate a demon. There are a lot of people that are demonized and they'll go to the, the secular places and they'll give them medication, but you can't medicate a demon. It's much easier just to cast it out. You drive out evil. Wherever you find evil, wherever you find the demonic, you, you, you oppose it and then you overthrow it. That's our assignment. That's our job. God will soon crush Satan under your feet. Satan was cast out of heaven. It reminds me of the movie. I'm not sure if you, you, you saw, saw the movie with Will Smith. It's, I think it's like 1996. Or it's quite a while ago, but it was the Independence Day movie. Remember that one, Independence Day? And so it has the president of the United States of America, and they've, they've captured one of the aliens. And this alien's kind of in this glass, bulletproof, encased, place and you know going up and down and so the president comes and he says I, I I'm the president of of you know the world and I'm 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 here to negotiate and and uh, and he says to the the alien he says you know can't we can't we find terms of peace and the alien says no 
And he says, surely we can, we can coexist peacefully together. And the alien says no. And basically the story is these aliens would come in their hordes like locusts, like in the Bible. It's amazing how many great movies steal stuff from the Bible. And they would, they, they would go from planet to planet and just devour everything there, leave no sustenance, destroy all the people, then move on to the next one. And planet Earth was in, in, in its kind of next calendar appointment and so the president says surely we can come to terms of peace and the alien says no peace no agreement total destruction and then the president had to go back and say they are here to wipe us out I need you to understand Satan doesn't want to live at peace with the world. He doesn't want to coexist with you. Now, how many people here ever heard, you know, the, the preaching that, you know, when you got saved, they, they put a big target on your back. Just want, want you to know right now, Jurgen, when you got saved, you're gonna find the devil, you're gonna find the devil, you're gonna find spiritual warfare is gonna rise. That's what you're gonna find out. You got a big, you got a big target right there on your back, because you got born again, man. You got born again now. You got a target on your back, and the devil, he's gonna come after you with everything he got. You got a target on. How many people ever heard that? You know, heard that? And uh, and I heard that. I remember getting saved, and people were telling me about this target on my back. I'm like, man, why they get saved? What an idiot! I'm gonna warn people: don't get saved. You'll get a target on your back, and the devil will. <laughs> but if I look back, the devil was having a field day with more li with my life long before I got saved. Can I tell you, you didn't get a target on your back the day you got saved. You got a target on your back the day you were conceived. Not when you were saved. You got a target on your back the day you were conceived because the day you were conceived, you bore the image and the likeness of the God who kicked Satan out of heaven. He hates you because he hates him and he knows by hurting you, he can get to him. He may not be able to touch God or afflict God, but he can certainly put pain in the heart of God by going after his sons and daughters. So you and I were born with a target on our back. When I got saved, when you get saved, you get born again. And when you get born again, you know what you get? <laughs> You get armored up. You get power. You get authority. You get to use the name that is above every other name, the name of Yeshua ben Elohim. You get to use the name of Jesus Christ. You get to use the name which drives out demons. You get to use the name that heals the sick. You get to use the name at which demons tremble and flee. When you got saved, you got power. So not only does evil want to not want to coexist co peacefully. Point number two, there, there is no substitute for victory. There, there, there's, there's no substitute for victory. A, a few months ago, I was at a fundraiser for uh, some beautiful Jewish people for Israel because of the rise of anti-Semitism in the world today. And I was speaking to one of the, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force. He was a heavily decorated, he, he, he fought in three wars. And he was telling me the story where uh, as a young man, his family had moved to, migrated to England 
and they were always harassed because they were, they were Jews and how these, a band of Muslims followed them onto a train and his elder brother, there was him and, and there were four kids in the family. His elder brother stood there to protect the other ones, him, protect himself and his siblings. And he watched as 16 men knocked his brother to the ground, beat them and began to stomp on him and kick him and stomp on him getting uh, pieces of wood and hitting him over the head so much so that he had such severe brain damage that he lost the sight of one eye and has severe uh, severe epilepsy and seizures. And so he, when he was old enough, when 18, he moved back to Israel and he enlisted in the IDF. And then he said this to me, he says, do you know why Israel wins her wars? Do you know why we win our wars? And I thought he was gonna give me, Josh, I thought he was gonna give me a strategy. I thought he was gonna say, we win our wars because we do A, B and C. And I said, oh, no, please tell me why, 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 why yeah, why, why do Israel win all, all of their wars? Like, I'm intrigued. Tell me why you win all your wars. And then he, a tear rolled down his cheek and he said, because we have to. We have to. If we don't win, we don't exist. Israel, if you ever look on a map, are surrounded by enemies. Iran has pledged Every Ayatollah pledges to wipe Israel off the map. They want a nuclear weapon and the first place they're going to point their nukes is at Israel. They want to wipe Israel off the map. Why? Because Israel was God's original covenant with mankind. The devil hates Israel. So may I just say to you that we need to get a little bit of th that fight in us that there is no substitute for victory. This, this election, there's no substitute for victory. If they're going after 7,400 votes, I want to get 1,704 votes. I want, to, I, 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 want to, I, I want us to overwhelm the system. I want us to drive out evil. If they're believing for 150 people turning up, I'm going to, have, I'm going to believe God for 350 people turning up, knocking on doors. We're going to overwhelm the system. Why? Because our children and our children's children's lives depend on it. I want you to know that evil is at work in the earth, but Jesus defeated evil. See, if I said to you, why did Jesus come? You would say he came to save sinners. And absolutely, he came to save sinners. But 1 John 3, 8 says, for this reason, Jesus Christ appeared on earth to destroy the works of the devil. He didn't just come to, to atone for our sin. He did that on the Friday. When he got up out of the ground on the Sunday, he destroyed the works of the devil because Jesus came not just to set you and I free but he also came to crush the devil he came to defeat the devil here's the great tragedy today 2,000 years ago Jesus defeated the devil 2,000 years ago Jesus stripped the devil of his authority he took the keys of death and the keys of hell 2,000 years ago the devil was defeated the great tragedy in 2022 is a, a defeated devil largely goes uncontested by a generation of big 
biblically illiterate, biblically illiterate Christians. It's about time we rise up and raise up a generation that says, devil, let us remind you of the beat down our heavenly father gave you. Let us remind you that you are defeated. We, we cast you out of our family. We cast you out of our marriage. We cast you out of our finances. We cast you out of our children. In fact, once we cast you out, we're casting you out of our street. Then we're casting you out of our town. We're casting you out of our community and especially in seats of government. We're going to drive you out. The Bible says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. The, the last point, the third point, is that authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. One of my special forces guys in our church uh, came back from a nine-month deployment and he, he's, he mainly does security detail for um, ambassadors and uh, some of our kind of high government officials. And he was in, in uh, northern Iraq and then from there he went all the way down into uh, uh, northern Africa. And he said that what they noticed was there was, there was some massive changes in who dominated the region. And so his job is to, to scout, to make sure that they can travel through without there being, um, you know, mines placed on the ground or even people hiding, shooting high projectile rockets into, into the, their vehicles. And so he has, to, he has to know who the warlord is literally over each region. And he said it was so precarious because the region, the warlords, the, the authority had changed hands. And he was just telling, telling me matter of fact how stressful it was and some of the fire that they took and some of the near-death experiences that, that he endured. And he said this, he says, because you know, Pastor, that authority flows to whoever's, whoever has the most weapons. And, and then he began, I said, stop, stop. I said, well, what did you, to him it's just normal because that's where he lives. And I said, what did you just say? He says, well, you know, Pastor, that authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. He says, the Russians came in with their Kalashnikovs and all these tanks and these superior rockets, and they armed this warlord and this, and so they now dominate that region and that territory. He says, because authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. Jesus when he rose from the dead, gave the disciples one more, one more uh, command. He said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. They're like, no, we, we, we saw you die on the cross. We saw them put you in the tomb. You rose again. We want to go tell the world. He's like, I want you to go and tell the world. And I told you to go into all the world and make disciples. But before you go, I need you to wait. What are we waiting for? You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. I'm not sending you out without weaponry. I'm not sending you out without being armored up. I'm not sending you out without your without your power on. I'm going to send you out in power so that you have authority over all the works of darkness, over all the works of the devil. Here's what I discovered long ago. I discovered that the devil has as much of a hold on my life as I allow him. If the devil is afflicting you, tormenting you, why are you permitting it? I remember I would go away, beautiful Gladys, I would go away to preach, and every time I went away to preach, the devil would attack my home. He would attack my home. And this one time we were living in New Zealand, I went away to preach, and it was the middle of winter, and my son Ash was born on the, the 10th of May, 1997, and this is now July 1997. He's about three months old, and I'm, I'm away preaching, and I get this phone call with my wife, and she is hysterical. 
And I said, baby, slow down, slow down. What's going on? She says, I'm at the hospital. I'm at the hospital. I'm like, well, what's going on? What's going on? Ash, stop breathing. Stop breathing. Every time you go away, every time you go away. And so I'm like, you know, I, I'm trying to preach in this meeting and I've got this phone call and I'm, you know, so, so we pray and, you know, and then, you know, they, they managed to, to give uh, Ash some antibiotics and, you know, he, he, he had uh, pneumonia. Because, long story. Anyway, he got pneumonia and he, thank God he didn't die. He's, but it was, it was, so I go back to my hotel room that night and Leanne says, you know, they've stabilized him. He's on antibiotics and there's a ventilator helping him to breathe and they've, you know, they've, they've uh, managed to settle him down. And if I was honest with you, I'm like, man, must really be sticking it to the devil. It's like the third time he's tried to kill one of my kids. And the Holy Spirit, how many people thank God for the Holy Spirit who's your helper? The Holy Spirit said, why, why, why are you putting up with that? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's right, you didn't go to Bible college. Let me, let me just tell you, what I learned in Bible college is when you become a Christian, you get a target on your back. I said, and here I am, I'm not just a Christian, but I'm getting kids saved. You saw that altar call, Holy Spirit, 50 kids got saved. <laughs> it just comes with the territory. And then he said to me, he didn't say you're an idiot, but if I could put words in his mouth, he, he just said, you don't have to put up with that. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have to put up with that? He goes, what the blood of the lamb covers, the destroyer must pass over. I'm like, what? Where's that in the Bible? And he goes, the Passover. Remember how Jesus says, I've eagerly longed to eat the Passover? I'm like, yeah, because the Passover was him. I'm like, what the hell? I'm out preaching, I didn't even know. And so I'm reading the Bible all that night. I woke up the next morning, I called Leanne. I said, babe, go and do this, go and do this. I said, just get some wine. And we weren't allowed to drink wine because we were assemblies of God. We were in the, we're in the AG, the almost of God. Excuse me, the assemblies of God. And so she got, she got uh, I think it was like black currant juice and, and a little cracker, a little graham cracker. But it worked just as well. She walked into the, the hospital and she took the graham cracker and I was on the phone on speaker and, I, and we prayed together. Within an hour, everything left his lungs and he was able to be released to be home. Since that time, any time even the slightest hint of the devil has come in, Leanne and I have gone and we've taken communion and we've cut off the devil's power. Jesus, gave you and I power and authority. One of the reasons that the Second Amendment is under attack, don't listen to them. They do not care about the lives of innocent children. The same people out of this side of their mouth want to slaughter them in the womb and even pass laws to slaughter them after they're born. Oh, oh no, no, we want, to, we want to stop these shootings that somehow always seem to happen in your districts. That's interesting. It's not about saving lives. It's about an understanding of a, of a spiritual reality that authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. The founding fathers knew that in order for us to preserve our peace, to live in freedom, it is essential that you and I have a second amendment where you have the right to bear arms. And the arms is not for hunting. 
The arms is not even for home defense and self-defense. The primary purpose, the founding fathers said that you are allowed to have a second amendment that affords you the right to arm yourself is to protect yourself against a rogue government. When, a, when any government wants to disarm its population, the agenda is never good no matter what they say. How do you know that, Pastor? Because I know that authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. The government wants to disarm its people, but arm itself. Why? Because they know that authority will flow from you to it. Let me just, while we're on, while we're on a little political thought, let me just say this. The Founding Fathers did something magnificent, not done anywhere else in the world. The, the opening line of our Constitution, the three words are, we the people. We the people. What they did was they did an inversion of authority. Before that, kings ruled, prime ministers ruled, you know, potentates ruled, you know, committees ruled, you know, governors, but the American Constitution inverted that because they put, we the people. And those who, those who are in authority are in, a, in authority at the behest, that they, they, they govern at the permission of those who are governed. And should they, we, we are the ones in authority to remove them and put somebody else in. They, they, they govern it. Why, why did the founding fathers do that? Because again, if you study human history, you will find that all wealth flows towards whoever is in authority. So authority flows to whoever has the most weapons. Once they get that authority, the next thing that happens is all the resources in the earth flows to whoever is in authority. If you go to third world nations, you will find that the people who are in authority, like go to Hugo Chavez down in Venezuela, do you think he's eating out of trash cans? Venezuelans are eating out of trash cans. He ain't eating out of trash. He's eating in the finest restaurants. You go to Manila in the Philippines, you go to all over the world, you'll find the people in authority they live in luxury and the people who uh, live in poverty, why? Because throughout history, it's a principle that, that wealth and riches and resources flow towards those in authority. What did the founding fathers do? They flipped it. They put we the people in authority. Why do you think the United States of America has produced more wealth than the entire rest of the world combined? America makes up less than 5% of the world's population, yet she makes over 56% of the world's wealth. She is the breadbasket of the world, the innovations, the genius. Why do you think Irish people came in a potato famine 
with, with just rags on their back into the, the safe harbors of New York. Why do you think they came here? Because here there is something here. And what is here is the inversion where the, the people are in authority. But I need you to wake up because there are wicked men and wicked women driven by satanic spirits that want to enslave you, that tell you, hey, 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 we will keep you safe from harm. Just give up your authority. When, when they take that authority, you need to understand that wealth and resources flow to those who are in authority. Why do you think the economy is behaving the way it is? Why do you think your wages are falling and taxation and gas prices and everything is rising? It's because there's a shift that is happening in authority. We've got to get behind Pastor Marco Contreras. We've got to get behind. We, we, we've got to start throwing out and driving out the wicked. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right, one last thought. I know I'm way over time and the handsomest man in all of East Bay, Chula Vista, possibly, possibly California, possibly. The, the, the Brad Pitt of the kingdom. You're not the only movie star. My wife says that, that I remind her of Danny DeVito, so. Is that bad? What? I shared this last night. What's so beautiful in the Bible is in, in uh, Genesis 2, 10 to 12, it says that a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden and it parted and became four river heads. The first one, the Pishon, skirts the land of Havilah where there is gold. And the Bible says, and the gold of that land is fine gold. God in Genesis, in the garden gave Adam a commission to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Fill the earth, subdue it, exercise dominion. God never gives us a commission without giving us the resources. So if Adam was going to go out from the garden, well, the best way to go out from the garden is follow the river that goes out of the garden. And at the very, very first juncture, what does Adam find? Gold. He doesn't just find gold, he, it's the finest gold. When, when man sinned, the devil has had the wicked. If you read your Bible, which we encourage, all the way through the Bible, you will find that the wicked kings use the gold. Nebuchadnezzar built a statue, built an image, 66 cubits high, six cubits wide, 666 of solid gold. That when you heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, and symphony, you bow down and you worship the golden image which he had set up. But can I just tell you, there's a generation rising that understands that we go to war in the marketplace. We go to war. We don't just have a job. We have an assignment. We have a, we have a commission. We, we are anointed and born again and equipped and resourced and armored up and we are empowered to be kings and priests under our God and we go out and we take territory and we dominate and we're priests and we bring atonement, we drive out wickedness wherever we go, but we take territory. Because when I read my Bible in the book of Revelation, in Genesis, a river flowed out and there was gold. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 17, it says, and I looked, 
and a new heavens and a new earth. And coming down from the heavens was a city. A city came down and the city was made of pure gold. The gold is so pure, it is translucent. The streets are paved with gold. It has 12 gates and the gates are made out of giant single pearls and it is just breathtaking to behold. And then in Revelation 22 verse one, it says, that when he, when he enters the city, there's a throne and the lamb is on the throne. God is on the throne. And he says, beneath the throne is a river that flows. You see river and gold. So in Genesis, God gives man a commission to go into all the world, be fruitful and multiply. And then in Revelation, we see that the gold that is there is not meant to just be something that glorifies men. That gold is there to build the kingdom of God, to establish the purposes of God, to bring glory to God. And the Bible says the river that flows from beneath that throne is known as the river of life. It's the river of life. The reason I share that is because one of the one of the battles, one of the warfares you and I have to do is religion, the spirit of religion, and the spirit of religion is not good, it's bad. And it tells you that somehow poverty pleases God. That we should we should have nothing to do with the gold. If we should have nothing to do with the gold, why does God make a gold city? Why is the city gold? God is trying to get a message through to us. I didn't put the gold in the river at the first bend for the wicked. I didn't put it in there for Nebuchadnezzar. I didn't put it in there for Xerxes and Ahasuerus. I didn't put it in there for George Soros. I didn't put it in there for Bill Gates. I didn't put it in there for the billionaire reprobates who defile my name and defile my sanctuary. I put it in there for the sons and daughters of God to fund the kingdom, to, to advance the purposes of God, to bring righteousness and peace into the earth. So come on, I want you to stand to your feet tonight. I want you to lift your hands high to heaven. There are two things that we do when it comes to finance in this church. The first thing is, number one, we give you permission to prosper. Number two, we give you power to prosper. Deuteronomy 8.18, you shall remember the Lord your God for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. Father, I thank you right now, but you can't receive that power if you don't give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to prosper. But pastor, pastor, the Bible warns about the rich. The Bible warns about riches. Yes, exactly. And this is what it warns you. Don't put your trust in your stuff. Don't put your trust in your wealth. Don't put your trust in your gold, your silver. Don't put your trust in your bank account. Put your trust in God. Well, what if I make a lot of money? How do I not put my trust in it? Simple, give. Every time you give, you exercise authority over money. Every time you give that money to God, you remind money. Money, you are here. Let me tell you, let me remind you of your purpose in my life. You are in my life to glorify Him. You are in my life to serve Him. You are in my life to honor Him. You are in my life to establish His kingdom. The only time you need to worry about money is when you can't give. When you can't give, you don't have money. Money has you. That's the only time you need. And the way you break that is through giving. The way you break that is through giving. But God wants to give you power to get wealth. Give yourself permission to prosper. You don't have to fear. You don't have to fear. Every Sunday and every Wednesday, you're going to hear a message around giving. Why do we do that? Because we want to keep you safe. 
from the spirit of greed and the spirit of envy, but we want you to flourish. We want you to prosper. You are blessed to be a blessing. God wants to increase you so that you can be a blessing. Do you know the good Samaritan paid for a complete stranger's medical bills? How many Christians can do that? Most Christians can't even pay for their own medical bills. He, he picked up a complete stranger and paid for his medical bills and said, listen, I gotta keep, keep working, but when I come back, if there's any more, invoice me and I'll, I'll fix it up on my return. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. This is what a good neighbor, this is what loving your neighbor looks like. Most Christians couldn't afford to be a Christian. We're shifting that, we're shifting that, we're shifting that, we're shifting that. Come on, one more time, lift your hands high to heaven. Let me pray a blessing. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now. And I speak and serve notice to every demonic force. I speak to spirits of infirmity and sickness. I speak to generational curses of disease, diabetes, heart disease, heart conditions. And I break it now in Jesus' name. I come against the spirit of cancer. I come against the spirit of breast cancer. And I break its grip now in Jesus' name. I hear the Holy Spirit saying there's a spirit of miscarry. Somebody here, you, you've, had, you've had some miscarriages. Enough now. I, there's a spirit in your womb. I command that spirit to, to depart now in Jesus' name. And I prophesy and declare that womb will hold the, the conceived. It will hold the conception. It will hold the seed and it will not reject it. I come against the spirit of abortion. The, that's, that's how it got in. It wasn't you, it was a generational thing. I break it now in Jesus' name. Somebody else, depression and anxiety grips your mind. I break it now. You have dark thoughts, self-harming thoughts. I come against that spirit of abuse, that spirit of self-harm, that spirit of self-abuse. In fact, I break the spirit of death in the name of Jesus Christ. Get off minds, get off minds, get off minds, get off minds, get off minds right now. I break the spirit of poverty. I break the spirit of poverty. There's some people here, you're like, man, every time I go for a contract or go for a job, it always seems to fall out at the last minute. It's because I see a, I see a beautiful grandmother, very, very devout Catholic, but religious, prays her rosaries every day. And I see a little table and she has, she has saints on that table. She has, Jesus is always helpless. You'll always know Jesus is helpless. The devil makes Jesus helpless. Mary, oh, she's there, but Jesus is either, he's either helpless as a little baby or he's helpless hanging on a cross. He's never the conquering Jesus. And I see grandma, is it Nonna? I see in front of, and she's, she's praying the rosary beads and she's taking a vow of poverty and I break that off somebody right now. I break that off somebody right now. You're living under a struggle. I break it. I break it now. 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 There's somebody here, there's a condition in your liver. God is healing that right now. Somebody else says that there's a there's a lung condition and it's 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 the left lung works, but the right lung has got blockages in it. But right now, in the name of Jesus, I I command that right lung to open in Jesus' name. The, the airways open right now. And it's almost like um, they've said, well, there's like fiber, fiber something has, has gotten stuck in there. No, no, it opens now. It opens now. Just begin to breathe in. You'll find the breathing is, is no longer strained. It is no longer forced. It is, it's just gonna flow free. It's gonna flow free. It's gonna flow free. There's somebody here and it's, it's, um, 
in, in, in your, your, your nose, you, you, the inability to, and it gives you headaches. God is opening that right now. 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 He's opening that right now in the name of Jesus. Just lift your hands one more time. Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you have given me all authority over all the power of the enemy to crush him under my feet. I declare I am the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. I am blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. The blessing of the Lord is upon my life. I will continue to advance. I will continue to decrease the kingdom of darkness and overthrow the powers of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.